What is going on, Rotor Grinders? Welcome to the Morning Grind. This is Dean still with you. It's not Stevie. Stevie's still on, hi- on his hiatus. He'll be back soon enough. Uh, he's currently knocking out his NASCAR content. That said, uh, with the lack of all the main sports, of course, there's the fringe sports going down. Speaking of NASCAR, MMA, golf, things like that. Uh, you know, we're doing our DFS personality showcase uh, on occasion here on the Morning Grind. We're bringing in somebody new, one of my oldest friends and uh, oldest acquaintances in the, in the DFS world. We were just regaling about that pre-show. It's uh, from Osama. It's, it's Dave Lofren. Lofty B. Is, is it Lofren? I should know this. Is it Lofren? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You shouldn't know it. Most people Lochran? don't. It's Lochran. They say, why is your name Lofty? You know, it, it's tough. Uh-huh. When I was a kid, nobody could pronounce it Lochran. They all thought it was Lofren. So my friends thought it'd be a good idea to say Lofty, and it stuck. The only underscore D is there because some dude from England <laughs> created a Twitter account in 2008 as Lofty. He has eight followers. I think seven of them thought they were following me and uh, he hasn't tweeted in about 10 years. So I've been trying real hard to get that. No luck. Got stuck with Lafayette underscore D, but here we are. This guy in England's like, why is everybody tweeting at me about Ben Simmons and Joel LMB? <laughs> like, well, who, who, who are these people? I have no idea, but uh, yeah, here we are. Yeah. And you mentioned Twitter and we were, we were talking about this pre-show. Uh, we'll talk about Skype in a second too. And, yeah, like we were talking old school, like 2012, 2013 or so, and prepping for the show, I was like, you know, Lafay was one of the very first people I talked to just like about DFS. Uh, and I was like, I'm going to go ahead and see if I can pull up our old Skype conversations. And I, I found your name and it said, uh, you guys have not chatted for a year. You can wave if you want, but I could not find our conversations. Uh, and I, I think you, you were doing the same thing independently. It's so funny. Did you discover anything? Did you find anything? Because I cannot find any of our conversations. So I pulled it right up now and I just get the wave option. Now <laughs> I think it had to have been, I don't know, a year ago. I forget what it was, but these conversations not long ago were up there. And I thought, my God, this is the craziest thing ever because for anyone that, that, that doesn't know, and I don't know why you would know. But Dean and I started talking DFS pretty much towards its inception, like 2013, maybe 2014. But I it was a very long time ago and we would have Skype conversations. And uh, I said to you before we started recording, it was some of the most primitive DFS talk there was there. You didn't have highly advanced tools out there and at least not to the public. That that stuff was you kind of had to do it your own. And fortunately, back then you could do that and be successful. You, you can't do that now, but, but back then, if you had a, a, if you put the work in and you researched it and you had the knowledge, you actually had a lot of success and then everything changed, but I can't find them now. I just remember us discussing things that if we got caught talking about them today, <laughs> no one would ever take us seriously again. We were total morons for sure, but we were we were a little bit less stupid than everybody else. And that's all that matters. You got to play down to your competition. I think is what happened there. We were probably like, Whoa, do you see Prince Fielder's BVP? He's five for ten versus this dude. I remember <laughs> touting BVP. There's, I remember touting like five at bat sample sizes. Okay, so I'm not I'm not excused from this conversation. I mean, there's some there's some people I don't <clears throat> I don't want to name names. Some people are still touting it. I'm sure, and uh, still probably arguing about it. How it's a uh, you know, and it, you know, obviously you talk to the players, and some will say it's real, and some will say it's not. And the, tr- the tricky part is, I had a party on a couple days ago we were talking about how you really can't quantify it maybe it's a thing for sure it's a thing but you don't know when it's a thing and when it's not a thing so what do you do with it yeah when when uh al smizzle was doing the uh the boot camp i did a presentation in boston and and i remember i i talked quite a bit about how 
BVP isn't quantifiable. And one of the okay. ways for that, this is not prepared, but I have it sitting next to me on my desk. This right here, the book by Tom Tango. If you haven't read that yet and you're not really sure what we're talking about as far as BVP goes, he breaks it down and he does it beautifully. Uh, essentially saying like, if it were, and, and I haven't read it in a while, but if you were to take it seriously, you need considerably larger sample sizes than we have for almost anyone in the entire league. So uh, I think a lot of it comes down to pitch type and actual like archetypes of certain pitchers and players uh, and, and how they perform against certain type of pitches uh, opposed to a certain pitcher himself. It's funny you say that, by the way, because Cardi mentioned that he name drops Bizzle and he was at the very, the very same uh, presentation. Yeah, we were there right, together. That's right. Yep. Yeah, that's like, well, that's the two podcasts on a row. I believe we talked about the Al Smizzle's uh, boot camp. Uh, but I, I was trying to find our old Skype conversations, but I was kind of sort of somewhat hesitant because I was like, I hope I wasn't it. If I was it, I'm going to feel like a big jerk. Like, who was the last person to say something to the other person? Because it's been a long time. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, if, if he might have asked me a question seven years ago, and I was like, ah, I'll get to it later. <laughs> and never Oddly, responded. It's on me. You were the last person to respond to me, but it was Good. accidental. I'll tell you why. I remember <laughs> this. I have a strange memory like this. You okay. sent me, I think your Skype got hacked. Okay. Right? Three or four years ago. And you sent me some wild link. So I remember direct messaging you on Twitter and saying, hey, you might want to look into this. I, I think I just got a like a porn bot or something sent from your account. On well, that, that was intentional. Actually, that was, I meant to send it to you. That makes sense. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have assumed, but, but uh, I, I don't Promo know. Code and everything. It was one of those insane links that uh, I got from maybe three other people on the same day. So I remember reaching out to you about that. We've gone back and forth a number of times though, but uh, as far as like talking strategy, uh, the, the, the industry has, has just like widened so much. You took one direction. I took another direction. We've always been cordial. We still have conversations on Twitter and go back and forth. And that's all that matters. Right. And now here we're, 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 we're doing this, which I'm really happy to be doing it. Yeah. yeah. I'm thrilled to have you on as well. Yeah, and I, I just didn't want to feel like a big jerk. Like I was last person. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear, even though it was some kind of porn link or whatever it was, <laughs> I'm happy to hear I was the last person that sent out a signal. Yeah. I don't you hold it against be, you. Like when you, you know, obviously you, you have friends forever, friends from high school, friends from college, whatever, and you'll go a year or two sometimes without talking. It's like, I hope I wasn't the last person to not respond. Just, I don't know. And like, so I'm just yeah. happy knowing. <laughs> the, the, the best, my best man in my wedding, I see him like once every two years, you know? Yeah. And he's the best man in my wedding because it doesn't matter how much time you spend apart. They're going to be buddies. You're, you know, if you have things in common, you get along with each other, that doesn't just disappear. Uh, 2012, 2013, 2014. I was telling you before, I was reading uh, your article from the Washington Post. Uh, what was the headline? It was it? It was interesting because the writer was really ambitious. He was trying to inter intertwine multiple stories. He wrote uh, the Allen Iverson book too. What's the Allen Iverson book? Just about his uh, his biography, basically. Yeah, I, I, I forget the name of it, but uh, that was that was one. Yeah, he had he'd written that Allen Iverson book shortly before um, that came out. The 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 article in the Post. He turned 80 bucks into six figures playing fantasy sports. His luck may soon run out. At the time, there was the, you know, the Ethan story, I think, was kind of a thing. And they were talking about. Um, no, it was it was right at that time. We had this. Sorry, not to interject here, but I was, uh, Drew Dinkmeyer set this up. He, he hit me up. He said, hey, uh, there's somebody that's in the area, uh, the Philly or New Jersey area. They're looking to, to interview somebody about this. And he's like, would you be interested? I said, yeah, why not? So he sent him over my way um, and 
And we had set this up in between setting it up and doing the, the physical interview is when this happened with Ethan. So like before we set it up, everything was fine. Uh, that title his luck may soon run out was, was directly tied to the whole thing going on with Ethan and the controversy surrounding that. Yeah. Uh, and he was talking about the possibility of DFS not being a thing. He, he intertwined your, uh, then girlfriend, we found out pre-show it's, it's your wife, which is good. Otherwise, I'll be make for an awkward uh, article. <laughs> back. He was it was almost like he was trying to like cause a divide between you two. That's the way I was reading it. Like, hey, it worked against each other. <laughs> he yeah. just and maybe he's just trying to write a story and make it interesting. But he was just trying. I guess maybe showing like a yin and a yang, like two different perspectives, two different ways of looking at life. And you're the gambler, however you want to call it. And we had the comment section too, which is pretty fun. I uh, had a good time with that. Two words, prenup. That was the first. That's the first comment I remember. <laughs> You're uh, uh, yeah, people, people were, uh, I had a bunch of people defending me too. Look, I'm friends with a lot of people in the industry. I've been around the industry for a while. And I saw people like my buddy, Dan Stratford. I remember him jumping in and being like, Hey, screw you. You don't know this guy. You know, it, it was, I, I read a couple of them. It was easier for me just to not read them. Cause then I'd get pissed off and you know how it works like Twitter and, and YouTube. It's just an absolute wasteland of, of dissension. So, you know, sometimes it's better just to say, hey, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> run, Justine, run as fast as I, I should. Now, now I'm just being cruel. I'm just reading the comments. That's as, great. You don't want to know great. about it. But uh, little yeah. do they know we're married. So uh, <laughs> jokes on them. And she's a she's a dentist now. She's a dental hygienist. Yeah. Which is insane during these times. It looks like an alien going into work now because of all the precautions. It's crazy. I was going to ask, is she, she's working. So she's like, it's just wearing all sorts of extra precautions. Like you're yeah. saying. She went back on June 1st, but it's, it's, they say like in terms of communicable diseases, dental, hy- dental hygienists have some of the worst because you have spit flying out of the mouth and your face is right in there and everything. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not saying you're out there deadliest catch as a as a crab fisherman in the Bering Sea, of course. Uh, <laughs> but in terms of risk factors, yeah, it's pretty high. So they have to be really careful. Yeah, I haven't been, you know, since. So I don't really know what's going on there. But, uh, you know, I'm sure plenty of people are probably hitting the pause button and just kind of like trying to see what's going to happen in a month from now or two months from now, yada, yada. But uh, it's crazy, though, Dean. They're not like they are booked out a year. Mm, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. They're like more so than they would have been in quote unquote normal times. But, well, probably I, I would assume so because so many people had to put it off. Yeah. I guess but that makes I, sense. Point being, people were very much willing to just come back. So I, I, I was a little bit surprised by that as well. I, I talked to her the one day I, I said, not to get too much into this, but I was like, are you, are you, you have a ton of holes in your schedule. She's so like, no, nothing at all. And when there is a hole, somebody comes in and fills it right up. So yeah, it's weird. Okay. Well, uh, I mean, she's got plenty of work. <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> if anything, if, if uh, this article was talking about the DFS, basically the demise, they kind of t- tied in as far as poker as well, too. Um, but you did, you turn 80 bucks into uh, what, six figures, which is awesome. We kind of sort of have a similar story in that where we basically started out. I didn't make six figures. I mean, enough, <laughs> decent enough. I did all right. I didn't have like one big hit and I know you talked about you having some big hits here along the yeah, way. It's been a while, but yeah, back when back we used to absolutely, yeah. I think also that was um that was somewhat misleading because the ticket value was like ninety thousand or something. Mind yeah. you, this was this was the San Diego live final where um this is the San Diego live final where it was five million dollars up top. If you remember that, yeah, uh, yeah, like the the real big football one they did. 
Uh, I actually won the ticket because I was at the VIP event in Miami. This was when DraftKings was just throwing money around. Is that week one? Yeah, week one. And I won the they, – they, like, just to be cool, we were all out there hanging out, uh, and they said, we're going to give away a free ticket. Uh, and then everybody that was in it, so I think there were like 200 of us, entered this, and I ended up winning. And Mike Leone, who most people in the industry know him, uh, good, great fella. I like him. We sat down next to each other. He had Odell Beckham and Des Bryant chasing me. Des Bryant got hurt, and Odell Beckham just never caught up. But um, I probably shouldn't have even won. Did you victory lap the injury, or did you kind of like quietly fist pump? How does that work? No, but I had somebody come up to me with like a minute left in the game and congratulate me, and I almost knocked him out. <laughs> Get away from me. It's not Almost over. knocked him out. I came up afterwards. I apologized. Like, you got to understand, dude. Like, you can't. <laughs> You can't do that. Uh, so, yeah. But ultimately, what my point was, I think min cash was 30000 Yeah. Uh, and, it, and, and, and the ticket was like 80 or 90 The You know, the, the, the value of it, including airfare and all of that stuff. So um, that specifically wasn't six figures. How'd you end up doing in San Diego? Oh, I had uh, Adrian Peterson sprained his ankle in the first quarter, and uh, it was <laughs> a wrap it. from there. I finished, in the, I finished somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Is, are you, I, for some reason in my head, I don't, you don't seem like a guy that like chases live finals. And obviously this wasn't a chase. This was something you just, you I, just I, partook in. Yeah, go ahead. I used to, and I got smoked doing it, honestly. Like I, I, I got, I, I always said like a, a, a decent enough bankroll, but not the type of bankroll where I can just throw countless bullets at, um, you know, throw countless bullets at, at cues at qualifiers and just hope to hit it. They will, they'll drain you if, if you don't have the resources. 100%. Yeah, it, it's, they're so top-loaded. And it's not for me. And I understand why I said go play it. And, you know, you can turn 10 bucks, 20 bucks, do a million or however hypothetically you want to work it out to. And it's great. And it's great for the dream as well. And it's great for the average Joe if that's what they want to do as well. And it's also great if you have the bankroll and you just want to fire a bunch and you want to go on a vacation. Like, all that stuff's awesome. But, like, right. I'm, I'm boring and I like bankroll management and I want to be here next year. And, sure. you know. It doesn't mean I can't win, but I, I think I'm probably not going to win. And I think I'm probably going to lose. And it's not getting easier. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, uh, it's not us from 2012 or 2013 we're playing against. Oh, I'd be chasing like crazy if that was, <laughs> if that was the case. Matter of fact, the one that, that I was chasing, it was back around there, like 2013 on FanDuel. I ended up tying with Chop, with Head Chopper, uh, I remember this because I had just gotten into it and man, I was still a drug and alcohol therapist. So I remember I worked at an adolescent unit uh, for like 13 to 18 year olds and it was a residential unit. So uh, I was working a four to 12 shift. They were asleep. So I'm sitting there in the office sweating this and I ended up tying shop, went to a playoff and he ended up beating me. So that was like, that was that taste that got me. Like, yeah obsessed with with dfs was just knowing that there is that light at the end of the tunnel even if you don't hit it there i'm gonna jump back in a second but since you brought it up we talked about a pre-show and i was just taking a cheap shot at shop for no particular reason but uh somehow we the, the conversation came up that i was like do you believe head chopper every single night no matter what you know is going on like i don't know seven eight o'clock at night whatever it is he has himself a second dinner a, a bowl of cereal and you're like yep i do the same thing every night I've done how does that for, happen like why, that, that's a thing i've been doing that for honestly longer than I can remember I've been doing it for a very long time. You got to see what you got to do is you got to mix it up, right? You, you, you can't, you can't eat the same cereal every night for an extended period of time or it loses its luster. 
you got to go in there and you got to get a cup. I'll buy like three or four or five different boxes. I just loaded with cereal in this house. No, joke. is it a variety pack? Are you all over the place? Or you have like a, so you give me like your power rankings. Can you power the cereals like a top five? So it's funny because sometimes I might not want something that's super sugary. Do like a special K, but then you got your frosted flakes, your apple jacks, your cinnamon toast, cinnamon toast crunches is always going to be at the top. And, and if you say that's not true, you're lying. That's the chalk uh, cinnamon toast crunch is number one. Uh, it's, it's phenomenal. You can't, if anyone doesn't like it, I can understand not wanting all of that <laughs> sugar, but not liking the taste you're full of it. So uh, yeah, I, I'd say I had a, I'd have to put a power rankings together, but I could do one with confidence, I think. <laughs> yeah. I mean, also like, you know, we're not getting any younger and like, you don't really want to necessarily buy, I don't know, Raisin Bran or something like that, but you should probably mix it in on occasion. I imagine. Love Raisin Bran. Love it. Yeah. My, my wife has one that's like, I used to think tasted like cardboard and, and then I've grown used to it now. So I'm, I'm getting healthier with the cereal options, but I still make it happen every night. The weird thing about Raisin Bran, you know, their, their whole advertisement was they would say just two, or they say two scoops or whatever, right? two scoops of raisins. I think they put more than two scoops in there. Oh, <laughs> Unless they're massive scoops. How big are scoops? It's well, that, some brand. I'm pretty sure there's, it's that huge metal scooper. I mean, that's a, <laughs> that is a big ass scoop. I'm pretty sure the sugar content as well is just as high in that as, as anything else. It's an illusion. It's like, it's oh, a, yeah. supposedly healthy, but not really. Like I'm I felt great my- about myself eating raisin bran. And then I looked at the box and like, what a waste this is. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't think it's good for you. So DFS, you got into what, like 2012, 2013 or so, give or take. I assume you were born out of a playing season long with your friends. And all of a sudden yep. you saw a commercial or a banner or something like that and say, what is this daily fantasy sports? Is this legal? Let's try this. I was driving to the gym before work uh, when I lived back in, in Newtown in Pennsylvania. Uh, and I heard the FanDuel commercial on the radio. I still vividly remember where I was. It's very strange because I was like, screw it. I'm not going to the gym. I drove home, deposited on. Fa- no, I'm kidding. I, 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 I heard about it, went to the gym, was thinking about it. I looked it up on my phone. I was like, this, this sounds awesome. And it was right before NFL season. I think it was in August. So I started playing baseball first. I threw like 40 bucks in. I didn't have any money at the time. Uh, threw like 40 bucks in and lost it all real quick. Realized, all right, I'm not good at this. So let me try and figure this out. Uh, put another 20 in, lost it. Then I put 20 in and I hit with a San Diego Padres stack. I won like three thirty five hundred dollars uh, and then that's a lot back then, back then. Yeah. That back then that was decent. Yeah. Uh, and then I hit again, baseball. And, and again, you looking back on this, it's like, there's no way somebody new comes into the industry and wins like that. Unless a, they're the quickest learner ever, or they're just really lucky. Right. And, and you see it happen today. Like someone hits a Millie maker and you've never heard of them and you never hear from them again. Uh, but yeah, that's that, that's that's what happened. I heard. I, I'd say 2013. I don't think it was 2012. That would have been a little bit earlier. 2013 makes more sense. You knew enough to stack, though. That was a. I mean, that wasn't something that everybody was doing back then. Right. Well, because I was trying to to pay attention to how people were doing things, and you know, you learn. And and there were a few people that kind of were an authority on the subject at the time, but a very few, a very limited amount of people. Uh, so I tried that, and remember on Fanduel back then. You couldn't just stack four. I think it was six that you could stack. Wow. I don't remember that, but I guess that sounds, yeah, it sounds about right. I'm almost certain you could stack six players from the same team. 
Do you remember FanDuel chat? Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> I I definitely I remember why they got rid of it as well. Chipper Jones dong. And everybody was like, <laughs> what? Chipper Jones. And then of course it didn't happen. And everybody would get so angry at that person. Yeah, it was brutal. And the, the tilt in there was was incredible. Do you remember why they took the FanDuel chat down? I don't know. Was there a specific event that happened? Yeah. Do you remember Fan Throwdown? Yes. Yes, I do remember Fan. Yes, that was one of the many sites that kind of came and went. Yes, I do remember it. Exactly. They were real aggressive trying to throw things out there. This is when Condia was was big in the game. I remember Two Gun won the top the the hundred k on their their big one. The guy that that owned it or the or the co owner or CEO gotten some legal i won't get into what it was but it wasn't good okay uh, and their chat just got absolutely annihilated so before they got shut down they cl- and by the way no connection to fandle before they got shut down they um they removed their chat entirely and then like a few days later fandle's chat disappeared as well so i'm not dra- definitively drawing a connection there but it was interesting that uh, both chats disappeared in the in the course of a few days. Circumstantial evidence suggests there might be some exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, I, just I, a conspiracy theory. <laughs> I don't I don't remember that, but I guess that I mean sure I'll buy it. And also, it it was a disaster before that. Like it's always been a disaster. Horrible. So they probably were thinking about getting rid of it at some point. Maybe they saw an opening for it. I don't know. Oh, it's That's very a, possible. I remember yeah. Condia would come in there though, and people would just drool. Right? <laughs> and I, I remember him specifically admitting that like his whole reason for all of this was just to be number one on the RG leaderboard. Like that's what he cared about the most. Yeah. I didn't, I, I think didn't Levitan do a podcast with him and he talked about uh, maxing out credit cards, like did everything he could possible to get as much a uh, means. I don't know. I, I, I didn't listen oh, to I didn't know I that. tidbits. Uh, yeah. He had this whole plan that was potentially dark if things uh, went the wrong direction. But uh, yeah, I, I feel like that's happened like five years ago or so that I kind of got uh, sidetracked in my head as far as that. And it's probably worth listening to even now, but uh, all right. So you win uh, $3,500 and now you're like, okay, I'm good at this. I got lucky. I'm going to start applying myself and you're still doing, uh, you still have your day job, right? You still have your day job working at the facility. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Had to. Yeah. Because 3500 hours is great, but you know, <laughs> you got to pay rent and things like that. And you know, that's not going to be uh, enough to invest going forward, but now you're playing every single day. I imagine. I was playing every day. And then, I don't know, fast forward a year or so, and I had a a $25,000 win and then a $15,000 win, which back then, like, those were the biggest prize pools. You weren't, you know, there weren't, they had the the novelty ones where, like, every month they would run a big one, you remember? Yeah. Uh, But it wasn't 100,000 a night. It was 25,000, then 15,000 with, um, with uh with, with college football and then a two, they didn't have showdown back then this was a two-game basketball slate draymond green had a monster game nobody played him and i hit like twenty thousand on that and this was all in the course of of a couple of months so that set me up pretty nicely uh, and i think i was sitting I, I was at a spot where i felt like i was in a good enough position to to pursue this uh pursue this solo and 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 not um work at the other job but I always at the same time was really interested in pursuing the content side of this. Like I, I thoroughly enjoy, I know you do too. Like yeah. we both host shows. We both do analysis. 
I, I thoroughly enjoy the content side of this as well. So it was never something where I just wanted to play. I always wanted to be involved with a site, with content, with, you know, further uh, evolving the, the, the DFS industry. So uh, they kind of went hand in hand. You mentioned Stratford. I, I, was he also? I know you went to Fantasy Insiders, right? I'm fairly certain of this. With uh, Soccer Dave and Matic and, and yeah. Tuttle was there. Tuttle, yeah, Tuttle was one of the Tuttle was one of the found the co-founders. Him, okay. Fink, Kitchen, uh, and Ben Pritchett. And what was that experience like? And how did you get that gig? Oh, I mean, they just found you on Twitter or something like that, or what? Dave you reached out to that? me. I, Dave, I was doing work at the Fake Basketball. If you remember that, yeah. Remember, that was one of the only content sites out there. It was free. Uh, Chet ran it. I think he still has a couple of them up. I'm not sure. He's got a couple of fakes, I think. Uh, football yeah. as well. Fake I'm not football. sure if he still has it. Yeah, but that and he gave right. me And he gave me a shot. Wasn't like, not, obviously not making a lot of money doing it. How how could I? You know, it was, it was free content, but but uh, it, that didn't matter at the time. I was just trying to get it out there, and I enjoyed doing it. Uh, and Dave reached out to me and said, hey, look, we're doing this. Uh, are you interested? I said, yeah, absolutely. And uh, just took off from there. That's how I became friends with, with Davis and, 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 and Ben and, and Tuttle and, and, and Kitchen and all of them. So, uh, yeah, it, it started there. Give me, give me your favorite, like, interaction with Maddox, like, uh, anecdote. Like, if I don't know Davis Maddox, I know nothing about him. Give me a story about him that was just like, that's, that's so Maddox. Oh, dude, there's so much. <laughs> the, the, there was one where – Oh man, you're putting me on the spot. I've, I've so we went to Tennessee and stayed at Kitchen's place, like all of us, right? Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I don't even, I, I don't, I don't know if he cares if I say this. I'm saying it anyway. Sorry, <laughs> Davis. I don't think Davis smokes cigarettes anymore. Okay. But he left them outside in the rain, brought them inside, and microwaved them, and then Kitchen blamed us for killing his dog because we smoked around his dog. Yeah. He didn't expect this story coming. Did you? This, this still, got, this it, got uh, deep and depressing pretty quick. It, well, mind you, his dog was like 12 years, 13 years old at the time, passed away. Sorry if I get the number wrong, Dave passed away. Like, I think it was a good year later, but till this day, go on Twitter. Just look, you will see him. He will blame us at any point in time, randomly for the death of his poor dog, which is really What's sad. It? I love dogs. Microwaving cigarettes somehow is a gonna. Uh, I don't understand the theory. I'm just. I'm, I mean, shout out to Dave's dog, and I. I it worked. Too. Oh no, it wasn't the, the. It wasn't the part about microwaving them. It was the smoking around. Disconnected. Yeah, we were outside though. You know, kitchen was just the funny thing is kitchen acted like the dad in the scenario all the time. You know what I mean? So I can see that. Yeah, uh, big time. So it was one of those things of just guilting us and shaming us, which that's what I love about the guy anyway. It worked though. It stuck with you at least. I don't know if you feel shame when you at least remember the story and you. Stuck sure, with you. I still smoke cigarettes though. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. There you go. I got. Um, I, it, you, you had to give me. T- I have some good, good Davis Maddox stories that some of them I can't tell on here. Um, others I would love to. I just have to remember them. That if you if you ever talk to him, ask him about the ask him about tennis elbow. He'll know he'll know what I'm talking about. I don't know him very well. Yeah, I just I mean we've sort of met casually and we've been posted a show or here and there or something like that. But I don't know. I was just oh, I just okay. know he's an interesting. Uh, yeah, ask him about tennis elbow and ask him about the uh, skateboards losing a wheel. I think that's a there's a whole. Oh, that was a big one. Yeah, and lefty <laughs> mashers. That's another one. <laughs> lefty mashers. Speaking, it's another throwback to Cardi. We talked about it a couple of days ago. He had a whole stance about it. That was good times for sure. Uh, you said you know, talk about doing content. I'm curious, how do you balance 
doing content and making lineups. It obviously depends upon the sport too, especially, or it depends on if you're on air, like all the way up to the clock, all the way up the lock. Uh, how do you balance those two? Because it's not easy sometimes. The small it's not, but violin playing for us, but yeah. I, what I, essentially what I do is this, all of the shows I do are, they end an hour before lock. So I'll put in the preliminary work before I do the show, which you have to see. This is the, this is the good thing about doing content is you have to be prepared to talk about what you're applying anyway. Right. So in doing preparation for the show, you're also putting yourself in a position to be able to, to make your lineups quicker than just diving into it. If I was doing like a financial analyst uh, analysis show and then going straight into DFS entirely different, there's no connection. Uh, at least not between the players. Uh, so th- I'd always have an hour afterwards, which once you're, you're kind of already set up, then, then, it's, then it's easy to do. I'd always run right up against it, though, with basketball. You know, sub- importing those lineups at like 6.59. It's a, it's, a very, it's a very scary thing. Yeah, or always, I mean, one of the things I always do is like I try to, unless a player is like a must-must play at 7 o'clock on the East Coast, just backload those bad boys and figure it out. Buy myself some extra time. Yeah. Yeah. You're on the, you're in the, the um, central time zone, right? Well, no, I was now uh, I, I, I'm in Florida. Great timing by me. I just, I just, oh, nice. <laughs> eh, it's still beautiful down there. Just stay inside for a little bit. Yeah. I, trust me. We're doing video here. The people can tell I'm very clearly staying inside. I'm not getting a lot of sun. Uh, well, you know. you're telling me that that backdrop isn't real. <laughs> that no. is not Marlin Stadium. It is. Mar- yeah. It's just a picture. Uh, that's yeah. actually not, you know, oh, it's, it's uh, me. technology. Um, yeah, so uh, what, what, uh, I want to get back to my list. Uh, geez, I, I just got derailed. I'm thinking of the Marlins, and in my my brain, I'm a former Marlins fan. I've since, but we don't we don't write, we don't text, we don't email. We broke it up. And, Marlins uh, plus thirty five thousand, baby, to win the World Series. Get on that. I mean, you know, look, it's a sixty game season. It's is that? Well, I guess uh, in theory, we'll see how that goes down. But it's going to be a sprint. And, I, you know, I'd imagine that thought process is good for most teams. I don't know about the Marlins. But do you have one that's off the board? You can gamble now. You're in Pennsylvania. Legally, you can gamble. Oh, it's great, man. Uh, live bet. I have just become a degenerate when it comes to live betting. But- What's the most ridiculous thing you've bet on since? Uh- <laughs> oh, God. Uh, had a ton of – was doing really, really had a great NBA season. Uh, and then it stopped, which sucked. Uh, but – what I don't know. I, I think I bet on most of what they've allowed me to bet on, on DraftKings. So, uh, but as far as live betting, just college basketball college, and, and professional basketball, they've been XFL. I loved betting too, because the, I, I'd mentioned this on a show earlier today on awesome. Uh, that like the public had really overreacted to a lot of, a lot of things in the XFL. Like you win one game by a lot and now they're monster favorites the next day coming in on the road. So there were things that you could really exploit there, and it sucks that that it all got shut down and likely won't be coming back. Because I, I don't care if if you enjoy the sport as a spectator, but if you can make money doing it, it's you know, and, and you've been successful at it, you'd like to see it stick around. But with baseball, to your point about the sixty game season, it we we talked about it this morning. It, you're going to see some 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 futures lines swing like crazy, right? It, the Dodgers are, I think, plus one seventy. Uh, to win the conference, they're plus three seventy-five. I think best odds to win um, the 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 World Series. If they start off two and six, 
yeah. those odds are going to swing dramatically. Whereas with a 162 game season, that wouldn't be the case at all. There's plenty of time. Look at the Washington nationals last year. So I think there's going to be a lot of ways to jump on good lines that, 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 that swing dramatically and kind of over adjust based on these games because it's such a short amount of time. Yeah, two and six is like starting out five and 15 in a regular yeah. season, more or less. I mean, that's my math is kind of shaky, but um, I was just kind of see if I was just pull up the odds in the fly. I was just kind of curious if there's anything that sort of jumps out. Like, you know, any team gets hot, and I don't, is it going to be 10 teams in the playoffs? Do we have an official number on that? Or I would imagine, I haven't dug into this too much. I, I'm in a state where I can't gamble. And I was actually looking for it today. I don't think they made any adjustments. Yeah, which I think. I mean, I think it feels like embracing variance. I would hate to be locked in on the Dodgers at plus 375 to win the title or the Yankees at plus 400. It just feels like their chances are somewhat diminished. They're, not, they're sort of not gaining an advantage by a shortened season. The, sort, the shorter the season, the better the chance the weaker team has a chance to overcome. That's my sort of thought process. Absolutely, yeah. And that's why I don't have any interest in taking, like, the Dodgers at plus 170 to win the, 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 the NL. Do I think that they should? Sure. Yeah. But – like the next closest team, if you're looking at DraftKings Sportsbook, the odds are plus 600 on the Braves. Braves are a good team. Maybe they don't have the pitching entirely, but uh, that offense is going to continue to grow. They're going to keep getting better. Uh, there's, there's some good teams. If you've noticed, though, you look at the AL, it's really strange. You've got the Yankees, and then you got Houston. The next closest odds to winning the AL are Minnesota and Tampa Bay. Yeah, I'm a big weird. yeah, I'm a big Kevin Cash guy. I think what he's done with that Rays team is spectacular. Uh he's a real innovator. But there's it's like right now a two horse race, at least based on the Vegas odds we're looking at in the AL. Yeah, Tampa perennially just seems to get the most with the least, uh, out of the least at all times. And it's gonna be interesting how like they deal with with prospects. Like is a guy like Franco, like Wander Franco, who's what, 19, 20 years old? I don't know how they made a ruling as far as you know, they always hold guys back several months you know, to buy themselves another year when it yeah. comes to salary. Have they talked about that? I don't know. I have not dug into these things, but maybe they just, because there's no minor leagues this year. I don't think, again, these are things I should know, but I just, I, I just kind of like kind of put the blinders on a lot of baseball because most sure. of the news has just been bad and ugly and just worthless anyway. Well, like, how are, how are they going to deal with, with um, the, the trade deadline? I, I, are teams going to come up to the trade deadline and be <laughs> like, we don't actually know if we are a bad team or not. We don't actually know if we're a competitor or not. Sure, Max Scherzer and Patrick Corbin, probably the wrong example of a team, but run with it. Uh, yeah. It's got off to a, a bad start this year, but we know these guys are really good. You know, we're losing games, but are we sellers? Or, and conversely, are we buyers? I, I don't maybe I don't know if we're just going to have a like a dead trade deadline because no teams are willing to budge given that they're uncertain on the direction of their actual franchise and the players they've got on the roster. It depends if you win tonight, if you win tonight, you're buyers. If you, if you lose right. your sellers, that's that. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work. It's, it's pretty fascinating though. I would say, I think the Dodgers probably uh, benefit the most from a DH. I'm probably not the first person to say that, but uh, they have such a stacked lineup that I think that they would get an incremental bump more than, most other teams in the National League. The DH is a, is a thing, right? Am I just making this up, or I feel like it's a thing in the NL? Yeah, it, 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 so there was, there was a proposal for the DH that the MLB Players Association sent to Rob Manfred and, and Major League Baseball, which they snapped, snap rejected it. Yeah. Um, now, I don't know on this new one, 
with the 60 games that they've agreed upon, because these were, these are the worst negotiations I've ever seen. It was crazy. <laughs> it was like selectively leaking what made them look good in the public eye. It felt like all of this was for optics purposes. Um, I don't think this new one accepted um, the, the universal DH rule, but I can tell you right now, uh, I, I don't. So let's see. It will. So it looks like it will. MLB, okay. according to M- uh, CBS Sports, MLB rule changes will include universal DH, runner on second base to start extras. Oh, did you hear about that? The runner on second base for extra yeah. innings? Yeah, you got to save an extra half hour. I mean, I, whatever. I guess I'm not angry about it. And, like, why not have some fun? This this year is already, like, nuts, and it's going to have an asterisk next to it for some people. And why not experiment and see how that works? I don't know. And I think I'm fine it, with it. Yeah, I'm not angry about it. I'm not, like, you know, I, I'm okay to change. Like, why not? Let's see what happens. Sure. Let it play out. There's nothing worse. And and I know this will upset some baseball purists, but there's Uh nothing worse than getting into this 15th, 16th inning and you've got your outfielder coming into pitch. (laughs) You know, it's not, that's not fun to watch. And it, from a DFS standpoint, there's nothing worse than sitting real nice uh, in a tournament and your players are done and it's goes to extras and, and they bring in a, an outfielder or a reserve a shortstop to pitch against the guys that that are behind you in your opponent's lineup. Just a horrible feeling. I'm trying to think. I'm getting a flashback. Was it Adam Dunn or or Chris Davis like came on the pitch like in the 17th inning inning or the 18th inning of a game? They might have went like 0 for 8 or 0 for 9 in that game. (laughs) I'm getting a flashback, but it's not perfectly clear to me. I know. What was it, like five years ago? Yeah, I just remember Chris Davis or Adam Dunn. Like one of those guys either had like a horrific, they either, either pitched and like they got the win or they got shellacked. I don't know. It's not, it's not, I wasn't prepared for this. I didn't know there would be math. I didn't know there would be Googling. <laughs> My fault. Talk to me. We're going to get off track. That's just how it goes. <laughs> That's what's happening. I only have you for a certain amount of time. And uh, you know, I, I want to talk help about it, baseball. Man. Too. It's in my nature. No, no, you're good. No worries. Um, but so, hey, you're at a dinner party, hypothetically, with, with your wife's friends. Uh, what do you tell her? They, their dentist friends. What do you do for a living? What's your answer? I tell them porn. <laughs> no. Uh, I, tell them about my link. I got 20% off. Yeah. <laughs> so I knew this guy, Dean. He got me interested <laughs> from a Skype message five years back. <laughs> Nothing's been the same since. Uh, I tell them I do sports so it really depends. I'll tell them like sports radio. Cause I have a show on Sirius. That's yeah. usually just easier for That's me easier. to explain. Then, well, I have a show on, uh, on YouTube and, and we do, but then when people want to get into it, I basically say we sell subscriptions and information to people who want to make money playing daily fantasy sports. And then it, but when you give that answer, expect for them to sit down, which you know what is cool because if I told you that, you know, I was a librarian. Nope. They say, oh, that's nice. And then they walk away. Oh, throwing books. No, okay. Throwing no shade to librarians, by the way. I appreciate you. Uh, <laughs> what I mean, though, is, and, and, and I shouldn't use the word menial, but like jobs that don't have, that, that don't interest people as much about learning about them. That is one thing. I'm sure you've experienced the same thing. When people hear what you do, they do want to hear more about it. So yeah, they either want to cool. hear more or not, not at all. Like, they're either really interested or not interested at all. It's like, uh, I never okay. had that. I, I swear, I, I usually very <laughs> seldom have I had an experience where they're just like, oh, all right, loser. And we did the analytics. We have a big librarian contingency, so they're going to be angry. Just expect some emails. They're going to be very upset with you. I'm t- 
Listen, I'm talking about the, you know what? Like I said, respect to the librarian. I, it was just the first example. Don't, don't try and back me into a corner, Dean. You know what I'm saying? Any job I throw out there that, any job I throw out there, you're going to give me the same reaction. But I think you know what I'm saying here. There is an element of what we do that um, is, it's it's unique because it's not really a like a, a well-known, it's not a well-known field in terms of, oh, daily fantasy sports, content, subscriptions, you know what I mean? And, and Sure. You know, uh, you're in Philadelphia or close up to Philadelphia. You're a Philadelphia yeah, the fan. Yeah, Philly. Um, defend. Can you defend? Uh, is is the reputation fair? The whole Santa thing, throwing thing. Uh, we saw when even the Eagles won a championship. Uh, one guy celebrated uh, by eating some horse manure. Was that an outlier? Is that something you guys do? Well, what's, what's it like being a Philadelphia fan? Do you guys have a fair reputation, or is it is it unearned? It's unearned, but there are some there are some people that there's some assholes out there. But that's anywhere. Like you're, that's just gonna happen, and. Like the whole snowballs at Santa. Yeah, it's not a good look. There's there's a <laughs> lot of things. But when you're out, there's no question that the media has painted Philadelphia fans with a very narrow brush in that they're not exactly out there looking for the Philadelphia fans that are, you know, friendly with everybody. And, but if you wear a Dallas, this is just, and, and anybody that's a Philly fan out there knows this. This is just the honest truth if you wear a Cowboys jersey into an Eagles game, you might get a beer dumped on your head. I don't, I 100% don't condone that. As a matter of fact, I despise the idea that somebody can't come into a game of enemy territory and be able to watch the game. I, I hate that. Um, now, if you stand up and your Cowboys are up 44, nothing in the third oh, yeah. quarter and you start, you know, th- then then I'll, I'll, I'll stand back and let it happen. Because <laughs> you can know it. If it's 44 zero, right. All bits you've are asked, off. You should know better. You've asked for it. If you're out there and you're just like yeah. trying to enjoy a game and you don't, you aren't looking for a bad time. Most of the time you're not going to get a bad time, but there's some, some bad eggs, so to speak out there. But as a fan, it, like itself, there's, there's like a level of camaraderie that you probably won't find in many other areas. I'd say maybe there's probably a few, but, but Philly has, you know, the Philly, Philly's got something that a, that a lot of others don't. And that's why people know that if you come in with a Jersey on, just be prepared. And again, I totally disagree with it, but we all know that's what happens. Yeah. Uh, and what you guys, I mean, don't you guys have a, is there like a, a jury and a court, a courtroom below the stadium on, so on, the the, vet, on standby on Sundays? The vet had that. Yeah. The vet had the, uh, the, 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 the judge, <laughs> the, the, the courtroom underneath the vet, the vet was a wild place. That was where they cheered Michael Irving's career ending injury. Yeah. That vet was, that was a crazy, my dad used to take me there as a kid and, and I have some vivid memories of that. What was your favorite, uh, not the Michael Irving, obviously, I, would, I wouldn't think. What's your favorite, like, at-the-game moment you can remember? Um, any sport. Yeah, any sport. The crazy thing is, oh, I'll, I'll give you one. Uh, at Philly's game, uh, we took, these kids that we worked with in the rehabs were, many of them, very underprivileged. Like, they, they did not get to go a lot of places. Many of them, growing up with single parents, um, tough lives. So, uh a good buddy of mine that I worked with for years, Jose, uh, Jose and I took these kids to a Phillies game 
in 2000, maybe 12, 2011, we were all the way up in the 400 level, as high as you could go. But it didn't matter because they were loving it, right? Like these were cheap sheets. It uh, didn't matter to them. Went there and the, the Phillies hit grand slams in back-to-back innings. One of the kids caught one of the grand slam balls. That was probably the best experience. And it was a regular, just a regular season game against the Washington Nationals. Nothing special, but in terms of like, evoking real memories from me uh that or that would definitely be the one that's awesome yeah that's good that's uh that's rewarding for sure I'm, and I'm sure that kid remembers it the rest of his life that's a great moment for him no question we you know what's funny we took him to a Sixers game once this was these are different groups of kids they generally yeah. stay for anywhere between 30 to 60 days sometimes longer sometimes less uh we took him to a Sixers game when the Sixers were trash like there were tickets in the nosebleeds going for a dollar. That's how bad the Sixers were. MCW right? Sixers? Yeah. Oh, yeah. MC Henry Sims is the starting center. <laughs> Tony Roten coming in. It was bad. Roten uh, was great for DFS. And they were just trying to get people. Yeah, he was. He triple-doubled in his first game with the Sixers, too. But uh, they were trying to get people into the seats. So they had just pulled up the, the court in Hershey, Pennsylvania, that Wilt Chamberlain scored his hundred points on. And for the first like thousand to come in, they gave pieces of the court on oh. like a nice thing out to these kids uh, or out to everybody. I got one too. I still have it in my basement, but yeah, uh, the, the court from where Wilt Chamberlain scored his hundred uh, points. And they gave that out to all of them. I turn around Dean and I'm watching one of these kids counting twenties. I'm like, dude, you can't hold money. We hold their money, right? Because who knows what's going to happen. Yeah. What are you doing? And where's where's the piece of the floor? He's like, that guy just bought it off me for a hundred bucks. He's going to put it on eBay. So these kids are are out here <laughs> selling the pieces of court five minutes after they got it. <laughs> hey, man, that's capitalism for you. Damn right. Uh, you know, I was thinking like my brain went to like the disco demolition. If, if there was like a bad call in Philadelphia, things could have went awry with uh, the hundred pieces of wood. <laughs> oh yeah. But you know what? At that point there was no enthusiasm. They were we, like, we knew they were going to lose anyway. Yeah. They were terrible. You know? And you wanted to lose, right? Are you, are, are you pro tanking or you, at least uh, in, in certain, certain, certain massively wow. pro tanking, at least in the old, and yeah. at least is the way, it, the, the, the way it was before, before the Sixers tanked and forced them to change the system. But, um, Massively pro I remember calling in the sports radio and one of them, one of the, the hosts for Philly, uh, Philly radio called me a dummy. And then the guy that came on after me was like, I want the drugs that guy's having because I was very much pro tanking. And I told him, I was like, what do you want to go 41 and 41 again? So short sighted. It, it's so, so dumb. And they're the ones calling. This is a lot of what you get on local radio. You know, like, you're good with, with Spencer Hawes and Evan Turner and, and Thad Young being the faces of your franchise. It didn't make sense. So I didn't get why you weren't willing to risk that. I'll spend three, four seasons in the basement if it can get me to the top floor. And if it doesn't, it was worth the risk because the best case scenario was getting knocked out in the first round and having a 500 season after 82 games. Yeah, you know, I'm not a big hot take guy. Only people know me for hot takes, but People perceived it as a hot take when I was talking about that exact thing. It's like, it's logic. Why do I want to be like, NBA hell? NBA hell is being too good to get a, a yep. top a draft pick and not good enough to get out of the first round. I call it NBA purgatory. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, same idea. And it, like, I mean, I was talking about as a Miami Heat fan, I'm like, I don't want the Heat to make the playoffs. Um, I'd rather have a, a few more percentage points to get some ping pong balls. Now, granted, I understand it's probably not, and I could get one, and I can get two, and I can get three. But 
I mean, the chances of that happening, while incremental, is greater than the chances of them beating uh, Milwaukee in the first round or whoever, like the, you know, whatever, winning the NBA title. And then it's just, and then what about playoff experience? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Experience. Right. <laughs> How nonsense that is. Yeah. It, listen, I, I think Miami's a more extreme situation because they're actually a good team. Uh, are you talking about this? This is a few years version? ago. This, this was a few years ago. But oh, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. okay. I was going to say this so year. They were on the fringe. Like maybe they're going to be, maybe they're going to make it near the dots. Sure. And, yeah. Absolutely. Why would you want them to? It, there's a lot of people that are out there that are just casual fans that are like, well, just enjoy it. You know? All right, yeah. sure. We can all enjoy our four game sweep in the quarterfinals. That's great. It's not hockey that. and it's not baseball. The best team in, in a seven game series of basketball mm. wins almost every single time. Absolutely right. At baseball, you can get really lucky. The, the 2008 Phillies had an awesome offense, but outside of Cole Hamels, they had Joe Blanton throwing baseball. Like they were not a team that necessarily should have won that year. They probably should have won the next year and the year after that. Uh, they were played at the Tampa Bay Rays shouldn't have been there. You could argue. And, and that's just the first example that comes to my head. Baseball. You see it all the time. Hockey, the, 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 the Las Vegas golden Knights for in their, their inaugural season, they got there. When do you ever see that happen in basketball? You don't. The, uh, the Marlins have made it to the playoffs two times. They've won, they've won their the division zero times. They've won the world series twice, both times via the wild card, 97 and 2003. There you go. Uh, they might have yeah. only had two winning records their entire career, too. I could be wrong on that, but that's possible. Wouldn't Are you kidding? I, that could be wrong. I might be making that one up. But the rest of it was definitely true. <laughs> you're, a, you're a Marlins fan, right? I, yeah, I was. But like, I, I've since retired. But yeah, I, I'm done with them now. We've Does it, it destroy you that they could have had right now? And it would cost <laughs> some money. Christian Yelich, Giancarlo Stanton. Um, oh, that's just two. Ozuna. I, uh, Marcel Ozuna. JT Real Muto. Um, well, they traded away Stratton. Uh, oh, God, I'm forgetting now. So the, the, the pitcher for the Padres, what, what, what's his name? The stud in the Padres. Oh, uh, yeah. Chris, uh, I went about a season. <laughs> I, I play DFS, you, yeah. Daily Fantasy Sports. I will know your name. I will know who you're playing against. But the, And also Zach Gallagher. Chris Paddock. Paddock, yeah. That's, why am I thinking of Chris? Yeah. yeah I was so going to say, I would have traded him too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and Zach Gallagher, they traded away for um, – uh, just a shortstop project. And he was cheap too. I don't understand what they're doing there in Miami. Didn't they Ozuna? have Luis Castillo as well? Yes, they had Luis Castillo in their system as well too. The, the they Luis could Castillo, be, yeah, they could be favored to win the world. Again, the financials are, are yeah. not something that we'll get into, but in terms of the talent this team had, unbelievable amount of talent, and they went nowhere with it. It's really a shame. Yeah, it's, it's a disaster. But they have a, have a beautiful new ballpark that nobody goes to. Um, <laughs> yeah, they don't have to worry about social distancing when fans return, huh? That's, yeah, that's the, you seven, the joke. You, you seven sit wherever you want. Yeah. Uh, Philadelphia, the 76ers, they, they've disappointed so far this year. Regular season, I guess, doesn't matter so much. Can you Have you convinced yourself? Is there a path? Uh, you know, obviously it's basketball. We talked about it. Lakers, Clippers, Milwaukee, and then there's everybody else. Uh, is there a scenario the 76ers can make some noise this year? I'm generally known as a pessimist. So I preface it with that because the answer is yes. I do think there's a chance for the 76ers. I honestly do. Ben Simmons looks great right now. If he comes back healthy and Joel Embiid has been careful about what he eats and how much he exercises. Cause to be fair, that's been an issue. The roster on this Sixers team, if they start to jive, they can stack up against anybody else in the league. Now, 
the big thing is, will that chemistry happen? If it doesn't, it's a wrap. But Josh Richardson, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, Al Horford, defensively, this team can be a juggernaut. And offensively, they just need to figure out how to space the court and make it work together. My biggest issue is I think Brett Brown holds them back. And, you know, you'll have a lot of dissenting opinions on that, but I do not like Brett Brown in Philly anymore. I would love to bring in Kenny Atkinson. It would be the greatest day of my life. Uh, but, yes, I think they have a shot. As a, long, as a dark horse to bet on a finals winner, put a little money on it, the Sixers last I checked are plus 2,800. I do like that for sure, and I, I think they have a legitimate shot if they stay healthy and Embiid is in good shape, yeah. Facing the court, what? Why? Why won't Simmons shoot threes? Is there like a reason for this? Is he? Uh, is this? It feels just like he's capable of doing it. You've seen it. I've seen video evidence. His why won't he do this? Bad. Is there a reason why? Is it? Does he talk? I don't. Does he talk? I feel like he doesn't talk about it much. But like, shoot yeah. some threes, man. He. That. That's one of the reasons. And people will go. People absolutely just disagree with me till the end on this. That's one of the things about Brett Brown that, that that kind of annoys me because I feel like if you're a coach to draft this guy number one, and Brett Brown has known Ben Simmons for longer than he was with the Sixers uh, for a while, and, and and you didn't you didn't find out a way to get this guy to start shooting, I think some of that falls squarely on the shoulders of the head coach. You have to develop these young kids. You have to get the best out of them. Has that happened? Probably not. Uh, and Ben Simmons was probably again. I'm assuming. You know, told, listen, you don't really need to shoot. You're a, you're a freight train coming through the paint. Defensively, you can guard literally all five positions. He's, he's going to win defensive player of the year within a year or two, no doubt about it. Uh, but he can't he, – he's unwilling to shoot. And imagine, Dean, if he shot even 29% from beyond the arc. Yeah. How difficult would he be in this entire team to defend? It would be impossible. Uh, I had a lot of questions to get to. Let's just see if we can get some quick ones uh, to run through. I know we gotta we got to wrap up soon enough. We have a show behind us. You have a fitting to go to soon enough as well, too. Uh, all right, so eating. Defend ketchup on eggs. What's that? That's nonsense. I don't need to defend it. Try it. It's delicious. <laughs> I tweeted that, and like 800 people liked that tweet. So I'm not, I thought I might be on an island. I'm not, Dean. Uh, ketchup and eggs around my way is a very common occurrence. Now I might switch over to that Sriracha ketchup. I could get on board with that, but I'm all about it, man. It's good. Now to be clear, ketchup only on, on scrambled eggs or an omelet. Like it can't be on any other eggs has to be on scrambled or an omelet outside of that. You've lost me. I'm picky. Sriracha that that's hot. Well, not as hot as the one chip challenge. What was that like? Oh, dude. Huh? <laughs> are you getting flashbacks i see you're walking away this thing was brutal like i i can handle heat this thing was absolutely brutal man and josh engelman who does who was doing the mlb or nba strategy show with me at the time we have a lot of fun we had a mustache bet which i won of course it was sixers road record he got smoked i said they'd be terrible it's a hedge uh, bet What's that? It's a hedge bet for you. Exactly. Exactly right. Yeah. If, if, <laughs> if I lose, I have a mustache, but the Sixers are in good shape. If I win, well, I get to watch. He shaved it before the bet was even over because it was a wrap. But that chip, uh, Josh hadn't eaten anything, and he only drank water. I can't imagine. And apparently, like, the capsaicin just sits in your belly with the water. 
And he like he thought he was going to die afterwards. He <laughs> laid down for three straight hours, finally forced himself up to go to Burger King or something. He said it was the worst pain of his life. With me, it burned like crazy, but I'd eaten a little bit. I coated my stomach and I was all right. But I recommend anybody try that one chip challenge. It's great. You recommend it. Okay. I, oh, yeah, I, I'm absolutely. just, yeah, I have no tolerance for heat, so I can't do it. I saw you on Twitter, you're talking about it. I was like, I, I can't imagine. Like, why would you want to intentionally burn your mouth? I don't understand. Because I don't know. There's something, there's something about it. I don't know. Say I'm a man. <laughs> That's yeah. You know, I checked out on that one a long time ago. Like even, <laughs> even if I, you know, even if I could eat it, I'm still, no, I'm the, nobody's buying it from me. Uh, even if you did the one chip challenge, I got you. Pat's Geno's off the board. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So when you talk about, when you talk about cheesesteaks in Philly, the Pats and Geno's are like, obviously the, the most known the most recognized, but there's a couple that are really good. Del Sandro's Del Sandro's is one of them. Uh, and then if you're Steve's is another one, but Pats, Pats and Geno's are the tourists cheesesteaks. Again, I don't live in Philly, but you know, I know enough about the cheese. The locals don't go there. No, the locals don't go there. Exactly. Um, all right. What else? I wanted to ask you about, uh, I've never heard of, like I've heard of people actually doing this. I don't know anybody actually did, but you were all four credits away. I think from graduating college and you just dropped out. So screw <laughs> this. This is not for me. That's amazing. That's so uh, cool. Yeah, re- re- I respect that. Real amazing. Dude. Real amazing <laughs> stuff here. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm an absolute intellectual warrior making great decisions left and right. No, uh, that is true. That did happen. I suppose I could always go back. I was at school for, for a degree where at the time, you know, I, I told, I told Justine, I was like, my kid, and please take no offense to this. Okay. But my, not you, I'm talking yeah, to I the listener. <laughs> I'm not, I, I won't pay for my kids to go to school unless it's basically for like STEM. Uh, I, I can't, Seeing what I saw as far as like liberal arts go that now that again, this is very, this is just a very subjective opinion. Uh, but like I went for psychology. Nobody told me when I was younger that, you know, you're paying all this money and then you get out, you're not making anything. I, I was really young at the time. I was dumb. I didn't have anybody telling me the right or wrong thing to do. Uh, and you have you've got something like that. And, and then you get your bachelor's degree. But to really make any money, you got to go for way more schooling. Uh, and there's so many majors out there where there's just like not actual jobs at the end of the road there. So, yeah, uh, it, it was it wasn't a mistake dropping out as much as it was starting in the first place. But looking back, probably should have banged out those final four credits. But my general thought on that, just to follow up, is uh... – unless you're going for something super special, like you want to be like, you want to learn how to be a teacher. You want to learn a certain special skill. I think a lot of it is you're just buying, uh, learning how to life skills, how to deal with people, how to live with people, how to interact with people. And you're also buying, um, you know, acquaintances, people you're going to meet that are potentially going to help you down the road or in that present time. Sure. But you ever heard of the term price gouging? (laughs) Oh no, I I totally agree with you. You've got me taking like the thing that bothered me the most is you got me taking elective courses where I could have been done two years before that, but I'm taking an elective course on something that no, like it has absolutely zero real life applicable knowledge or uh, uh, application. And you know, that's fine and everything, but we're paying a ton of money for that. And now that you have loans, and I won't get into the weeds, but the, the fact that you have 
student loans that are that are uh, subsidized, you can give them out to essentially anybody as much as they want. These kids don't know what they're going to owe and what it's going to look like on Uh the back end of this. And schools can just continue to charge more for each semester because why not? The, the kids aren't paying for it up front. And when the money's not coming out of your pocket, it's much easier to spend it. Yeah. Uh, and parking, they had like my experience, like uh, there was weird parking rules and they would do everything they can to basically entrap you to get you like hundred, hundred dollar parking tickets, two hundred parking oh, tickets. Oh yeah. Books yeah. are costing $200. Like it's I was all walking racket. a mile class <laughs> from my parking spot each day at Temple. Oh man. That's a, uh, it's it's just wild, and, I, and I, I'm with I mean I'm with you, but I, I think my argument, at least uh, retroactively, I remember arguing with my parents about like either staying home for summer school or going away for summer school during one of the semesters. Like I want the life experience, and <laughs> you're right sort of about my sales that. Pitch. <laughs> Dude, you're definitely like there's there's absolutely value in stuff like that. Uh, I just think the value is more for certain people than others based on what you're going to school for. Yeah. And many people, like you said, go to school, they, whatever their degree, a business degree, they don't use that degree. They don't end up using it. No. It's a sort of, it's a piece of paper on the wall and all that, right. but they end up doing something totally different. Psychology right. is super specific where you might actually apply it to something. Uh, let me get you out of here. You've got to go. But one, one more thing I wanted to ask you about, I want to tilt you on your way out the door. Uh, and I was, again, I was t- looking at your Twitter and you weren't really thrilled about this. Talk about the Eagles. What are the Eagles doing? What's up with that draft? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I I saw people defending the Jalen Hurts pick and I just don't get it. And you know, you said earlier in the show that you're not big on hot takes. I'm not big on hot takes, but if I have an opinion that might be against the mainstream, I'm not going to be afraid to say it. Right. Uh, And I would imagine you're the same way. Yeah. The difference with the Jalen Hurts takes is I don't know how much of these people are sincere in their opinions and their analysis or they just want to go completely against the grain and be like, Jalen Hurts, great pick, gotta love it, and here's why. Because every, you, he's, he's, you want to get a quarterback that you can, that you can get the, the rookie contract years out of before you have to pay him, number one, right? Yeah. So you don't have that. If you're using him as trade bait, well, that's just stupid because no one's actually going to see the guy play to know how much he's worth. Maybe you get a second back, but you already just spent a second. And it do- what does it do to Carson Wentz? Who's like, all right, I just got paid. They tell me I'm their guy. And now you've got him. And not to mention, this was such a deep draft, such a deep draft that there were so many other great players around there. I'm not saying I'm smarter than Howie Roseman and Doug, but it does sometimes feel like they believe they're smarter than everyone else in the room and they really want to show you that they are. Would you rather have a EDP four, four, five as your GM? Oh, I love dude. I love. <laughs> I've been watching him since he had like 2000 subscribers back when the Eagles stunk. He is an out of control. Do you know who EDP is? Huh? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know him personally, but I'm aware of his existence. Yeah. I've seen you, him. you know, um, you know, those the cameos that you can do. Yeah, yeah, he's on there. I, I, I paid for a cameo for Saturday before. He's like, what, 40 bucks or something like that? I, yeah, a good it. buddy of mine just had his first child in March. And uh, I was like, <laughs> I got something great for you, dude. He, just, he had no idea what it was. I said, like, just make sure the wife's not around when I send this <laughs> to you. So he slips out of, the, out of the hospital room. I send it. Yeah, I got him an EDP cameo, which was just outright fantastic the what guy, were your directions you gave because like, you have to give like 150 characters what do you say just like do your thing and have at it and I was, yeah i basically said congratulate him and his wife 
and then tell him his life is over and he'll never be able to watch <laughs> Eagles games before. And uh, he injected a lot of crass language into it, but uh, it was well worth it. He said, he's like, it's the best gift I've ever gotten. <laughs> best 40 bucks you ever spent. A hundred percent. You got to step aside and get out of here. We got to step aside and get out of here. Much thanks everybody for listening. Uh, Dave, tell everybody, you know, if they're not aware where they can find you and the interwebs, uh, your whole deal, what you're up to, Twitter and all that uh, before you get out of here. Sure. Uh, hit me with a follow. Twitter, uh, at Lafay underscore, unfortunately, Lafay underscore D, L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D. And uh, check out my work at awesomeo.com. It's A-W-E-S-E-M-O.com. Hey, it's been a pleasure, man. Really enjoyed this. Yeah, likewise. I wish we had more time and we'll have to, uh, one of us want to wave to each other on Skype one of these days. There you go. <laughs> we'll, do, we'll pick this up. I'll bring you on on, on one of ours uh, and, and, we'll, and we'll run this back. We'll pick up where we left off, maybe flip the tables a little bit. There you go, man. I'm available. Slide to the old DMs. That's Lafie D. Uh, make sure you put, put the underscore, otherwise you're just talking to some dude in England who's not eating. We're talking about on Twitter. I was Dean. This was the Morning Grind. Thanks for listening. We're out of here. Holler! <laughs>